Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Hey CTO. This season three, we are talking with tech communities in Portugal. And today we actually have the honor of talking with Portuguese women in tech. To do that, we have Inês Santos Silva and Margarida Trigo. And we also have Sara Gonçalves as usual to talk about diversity, inclusion, equity in tech, especially focus on, on Portugal landscape. Um, both of you, uh, Inês and Margarida, thank you so much for being here. Um, and I think that for, for people that are watching us right now, it would be great if you could do a, a small intro just for you, for people to understand, you know, who you are. And so we can we can take the show forward. Uh, who would like to start? I can go ahead. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here and share the work that we have been doing at Portuguese Women in Tech. So I'm one of the founders of Portuguese Women in Tech. Uh, over the past few uh, years, I have been, basically since I left college, I have been very active in the Portuguese tech scene, um, supporting entrepreneurs, first with a pre-accelerator, then working with acceleration uh, programs, with incubators, really trying to support this very nascent uh, uh, entrepreneurship scene that was in 2010-11. And, and it, it's been a very interesting ride since then. Um, more recently, I, I have been like working uh, like exploring decentralized science, trying to understand like how Web3 tools can help us make better science. Um, yeah, that's my full-time job. And on the side, of course, I have, uh, I'm one of the founders of Portuguese Women in Tech. Wow. How about you, Margarida? Hey, hi. So thank you so much for the invitation. Um, I'm an electronic engineer. Uh, actually, I am working as a product manager right now, <laughs> but this is the curiosity of technology. So you can like shift and just go to wherever you, you want to go. And I have been uh, doing this kind of thing. So I, when I identify myself uh, more as a role or a set of skills, I just jump ahead and try to, to, to see if I match the role or not. Uh, and uh, concerning the gender issues, uh, since I was one of two uh, females <laughs> in my generation of electronics engineers of the University of Mina, I decided to, as a curious person, I decided to start uh, researching the topic and I joined it, IEEE, uh, the affinity group inside IEEE, WE, Women in Engineering. And since then, I've been a consumer and contributor to communities uh, related to the topic. Very well. Yeah, cool. And now that we're talking about, you know, PT, PT Women in Tech, um, I think, you know, me and Sara, we have a good idea of, of what, you know, the community stands for, you know, the importance, and why it was born. Uh, but I don't know, Inesh, if you could kind of give a, a nice overview for the ones that are, that are watching us. Yeah, sure. Um, I think like the I think the story of Portuguese Women in Tech starts actually before we started. Uh, back in 2010, 11, um, I became very curious to understand like why whenever I would go to a tech entrepreneurship event, I would just see a couple of women. Uh, it was always the same. I was there, and the Silva was there, and a few others were there, but were just a few. Uh, and then Vanessa um, Gonçalves uh, uh, she, she she created the Geek Girl Dinners Portugal. Uh, mm -hmm. That then became the uh, the Portuguese geekettes. No, sorry, the Geek Girls Portugal. Um, and uh, and I was like I, I was like active in the in, in the events. I ended up like going to London for the uh, fifth anniversary of the London Geek Girl dinners. Then I I went I lived in Zurich 
uh, and I created the Zurich Girl Geek Dinners. Um, And then, so basically, I was always very active because, like, it was something that I could not understand why I just uh, saw so so few women. And and in 2016, uh, we were, like, together with Liliana, uh, we were looking at the, like, the Portuguese landscape in terms of, like, women in tech, and what we saw was like there was not a lot of recognition for 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 uh, for the women that were very active in the Portuguese tech scene, but like we we didn't know about them. So our initial idea with Portuguese women in tech was just to create a website where we would tell the story of women in the Portuguese tech scene, who they are, how they end up there, what they were doing, um, like what was their day about. So just like provide some kind of like visibility, tell their story and basically inspire other women that might want to pursue a career in technology with these stories. So we start by doing that, but we soon realized that uh, we needed to do more uh, and we needed to do more on two levels. On one hand, we realized like, okay, we have a lot of like these, a lot of different initiatives going on, mainly like meetups, but we wanted to do things that would bring this discussion further. Uh, basically take this discussion away or outside of the group that was already aware of the import of the importance of having more women in technology um, and basically take it further to other people that were not necessarily aware were not interested in the topic and so that's why we we end up like launching the Portuguese Women in Tech Awards that give like uh, help us reach uh, an audience that otherwise we wouldn't reach um, we realized that we also wanted to support women that were about to enter the job market. Um, some of them are about, like leaving college, and so this is going to be their first jo- uh, job opportunity or job experience. Some others are like already have like ten or fifteen years of experience in another field. They went through a reskilling program and decided to join the tech, uh, the, 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 basically the tech scene. And so we decided, for example, in that case, to launch the Portuguese Women Tech Mentorship Program. But we also realized that, um, and sometimes I was invi- I was being invited to go to schools, and and two things that I saw. So one was like whenever I asked like boys and girls if they wanted to uh, work in technology, for the girls it, the answer was no. Uh, for the boys, um, uh, they would say yes, but they would say yes for like basically the wrong reasons. It was like because they thought that. Uh, the the life of uh, someone working technology was the life of a gamer and that's what mm-hmm. they wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. And the second thing was like when I asked them, boys and girls, like what does a person do in technology? They had no idea. So they have like no idea whatsoever of like what actually meant to work in technology. Um, and I've, I, I, and I, I, I soon realized that we are asking these kids to make decisions about their lives with very, very little information. Because it's true that they know about the teacher, the doctor, uh, the fireman, uh, because like these are people that are professions that we deal with every day or almost every day. But with a, a tech person, unless you have a cousin or older brother that actually is pursuing a career in technology, it's actually very hard for you to really have an, a good understanding of what actually means to work in technology, what roles can we play. And even with our mentorship program, we are talking about women that are already like 23, 24. And when we ask them like, so what what kind of role are you going to do in technology? Sometimes they are in a tech company. Sometimes not even them knew what kind of roles they could play in a, in a tech company. So that's why we, we also launched, for example, the Future Portuguese Women in Tech um, initiative, really to show like women that are working different fields 
um, and what they are doing, where, how they end up there. Um, and, and our goal is to really to bust some myths. For example, another myth that they have is like, for you to pursue a career in technology, by 10 years old, you need to already know how to, uh, to uh, program. So they, like, there's so many myths and things that don't make sense and we know that don't make sense, but somehow these, skills in, these kids in schools still think that they are they are true so our goal is like is like we are myth, myth busters so uh, really oh. trying to uh, help kids in schools really understand that this is not like uh, some complex or like some really uh, opaque thing this is like it's very clear is easy to understand as long as you know and you meet people that have gone through that path so basically this is us with a, a, basically a double mission, supporting women that are already working technology, making sure that this conversation go, goes further than just like a small group of women, and then making sure that the kids in schools make uh, make uh, uh, make decisions with information. I, of course, I don't think that everyone should pursue a career in technology. I just think that right now the the information that the kid has to make important decisions with their lives is not enough, and we need to do better there. So interesting. It's very curious that you that you you touch in some points that I could totally relate with, because even when I was uh, in the school when I was like a child still, even my teacher told me you should not pursue that because you don't know how to program and you never touch anything like that in your life. And this is a teacher, so it's surreal. But it's curious to see that I pursued these. Also, probably because my father was also in this area, so I could see what looks like. So it's curious that you mentioned that because, yeah, I think it totally makes sense. Um, and now I, I also would like to, to hear from Margarita, what was the impact that you felt that this community had on you like a consumer as a, and that also as a contributor to also see this whole community of women uh, around you? Um, well, I actually was uh, recalling a, a study I read that 66% uh, of women that ends up um, pursuing a career in technology had a familiar, uh, close familiar that was working in engineering or in technology. So that's exactly the, the part of role modeling and representation that we should care about and that we should promote. And that's exactly what Portuguese Women in Tech is, is doing so well with the uh, awards, for instance, where you can just get to know some women that never had maybe in their life visibility and their colleagues had a chance to, you know, like just nominate <laughs> them and so on. Um, and that's, that has a real impact in, in, uh, in the lives of women and also in the life of girls that are actually trying to reach out to one of these women to just to, to get to some information uh, regarding the careers they can pursue. And actually, I have a lot of cases where women and female young women <laughs> reach out to me and just they just want to they have some questions to do to me like, okay, so you, you went to university, but you were just maybe one, two, three girls in there. How do you what do you felt there in that time and so on? Did you felt any type of discrimination? And actually, I did not, I did not um, feel it at the time, um, and so on. Uh, so they just want, they just have curiosity to 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 know about things like this, you know. So it's it's really important, I believe, the, the work 
uh, Inez and Liliana and all the, the community of the Portuguese women tech um, do. No, for sure. And one thing that, that I'm really amazed, you know, from, from what we were just hearing is that, and we were actually going to ask this, is how early can we start talking? We should start talking about diversity. Uh, and it's so interesting that I think now that, you know, after hearing, you know, that Portuguese women in tech really goes to schools and to start, you know, talking about, you know, the importance of technology in people's lives and so on. And it's, it's actually people, not just women, right? Uh, because that we know today, we know there is a huge focus on uh, uh, towards boys. Um, it's that, you know, if if we think just about professionals, I think that definitely a meetup or, you know, a community can definitely foster a lot the the sense of belonging. Uh, you know, and for instance, in terms of diversity, the belonging is crucial, right? Because not just about kind of, you know, uh, about the diversity, but definitely people feel welcome, right? Because diversity, just for the sake of diversity, will never work. Um, but it's even more interesting understanding that in, in indeed to increase the numbers, to increase this diversity, or we go straight to the fountain, right? We go to the youth and say, look, this is not just for boys, you know, like just because you're a woman or just because you prefer... X, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be great at math, you're, going to, you're not going to enjoy uh, a coding um, degree. And uh, and so that work, it, to me, it's, it's, it's amazing. I think that it's super smart doing something like that, for sure. I, I'd like to just add something because I think, um, so in the last year, we did two things that I think are important. One was we did, we were able to work with the Direção Geral Educação and we did a, a webinar with pro teachers from all around the country. Um, and our goal there was to really show like these things that we are uh, talking about, the myths, the like what kind of roles that you can actually play in a uh, in a tech company. Um, so really open up a little bit their or also their horizons to see like what actually means to work in technology in 2022 and 23. Uh, because I think a lot of the times, as I was saying before, they don't have necessarily a good idea of what actually means to work in technology now. The second thing we did actually this year, uh, sorry, like, uh, late last year, was um, uh, we also did a, a webinar with students from all around the country, boys and girls. And what we did was not to talk about like, ah, oh, let's talk about diversity in tech. That was not the, the focus. Our focus was like, let's talk about technology, what actually means for you to work in technology. And the focus here, what I did was to interview um, a, a, a Portuguese women tech community member, Filipa Castro, on like her work. So she actually has a bioengineering background. She works as a data science and an ML engineer. So, and we were talking, basically our goal was to show these kids like how awesome it is to work in technology. What I did was to go and, uh, and uh, I use DALE uh, A and uh, ChatGPT uh, Chat from OpenAI to show like these technology things, like really show that this can be like magical. Um, and in, uh, in my one hour discussion, I never touched upon diversity. But what I did do was to show them women that work in technology. So I showed them Ada Lovelace um, because like she was the first uh, person to actually create an uh, like, uh, algorithm. I showed them the women that were behind the ENIAC, so the first digital computer that existed. And they these were the women that were programming this computer. So what I did show was like, and that's, I think, the opposite that usually happens in schools. Like, we just show the simple 
history without going uh, a little bit further. And what I tried to do was, okay, let's let's show that like without any uh, any mention of diversity and inclusion, without anything like about without necessarily telling like, oh, you as a uh, as a woman, you should go to technology. What we did was like, let's show that women are part of technology already, and they have a, a role to play, and they have been playing that role since the very beginning. And I think that's a, a, an important message because like I I like. I don't think that anyone feels inspired by someone that's like, ah, oh, you should go to technology because you are a woman. That's not at all the, the thing. What we are saying is like technology is an area that can provide you an amazing opportunity, a growth opportunity, an opportunity to work uh, in, a, in, like fantastic, uh, in a fantastic or uh, do fantastic job, work with you know, people from all around the world, build stuff, innovate. And this is the excitement, the exciting thing about technology. Um, and this is, might be for you. Um, and for example, you were mentioning about math, for example, Portugal is a country from the all OECD countries with more women studying STEM, but women usually in Portugal study science, not necessarily technology. We just want to change that because of the opportunity that technology means for them, uh, but always in a, with a very positive way of looking at it, not like, ah, you should go to technology because you are a woman. No, you should go to technology because all these opportunities that you might have. And if you don't, it's okay. But at least now you know what exactly. actually can mean to work in technology. Getting more informed, absolutely. Yeah. And would you say that the ultimate goal of the communities like yours, the PT Women in Tech, would be to no longer be necessary these type of communities? So, and how far are we to reach that point that we no longer need to talk about, uh, to focus on these, on, on, on these topics? Yeah, I think that's the dream, right? So uh, I, I usually say like in 10 years, I definitely don't want to be here talking about the same thing. Oh, God, um, yeah. uh, so I, hopefully that won't happen. But I also know that things take time um, and, uh, and, thing, uh, and that's why we need to start very early with this like inspiration with, with kids um, and really also giving tools and, uh, and knowledge to the teachers and parents that can basically have a play an important role in influencing the decision, making sure that women are more like seen even in the media, right? So if the media, if the our soap operas have women that work in technology in them, maybe they can inspire the next generations, right? So I think like there's a lot of things that need to be done from a media standpoint, from a school standpoint, from an education family standpoint that need to happen over the next years. Um, and but but I think it will take uh, it will take time. I, I, unfortunately, it won't be as fast as we like. And something that's very interesting is like there was a time in terms of percentage wise where we had more women studying technology that we have now. Um, over the past few years, wow. actually, the numbers increased a little bit. But there was a time where, in terms percentage wise, uh, there were more. I remember. So we have done a lot of events, and sometimes we have actually like female uh, professors from the university, from FIOP, from Institute Superior Technique and others. Mm -hmm. And uh, they always mention like 30 years ago, they had more female uh, students that they have now. Um, and everyone feels uh, surprised, but it's not that surprising because there was a time where programming was, was for women and hardware was for, for men. And then of course, like uh, mm -hmm. software became more important and then of, uh, more men start, start working on it. On it. But but you like uh, a lot of people that were like uh, develop like developing programming were coming from a math background where where a lot of women were. Um, so I think like it's important to see like things are changing. Um, not always. Uh, I don't think that they always change in the direction that we expect. 
right now things are improving. And something that I'm seeing that is very interesting is the fact that a lot of like reskilling programs have actually more women than men. And the reason is like women go through um, like careers in other areas and then they choose to do a six month, one year reskilling program to enter the, the, the uh, like a tech job. And we are seeing a lot of that. Um, but I think this will take uh, will take time. And it's interesting that we're talking about, you know, taking time and, you know, oh, we we hope that we are not here in like 10 years time talking about the same sort of topic. And and there is one thing that definitely I, so there, there, there are different points of view. Um, that is, how can we speed up things? How can we hack the the increase of diversity and uh, and definitely, you know, kind of make make our our ecosystem more interesting. Um, one of the things that I, I, I'm actually a firm believer of that, although it's definitely arguable, that is the positive discrimination. Um, you know, we are talking about, you know, it can be quotas, it can be percentages. Um, we can, you know, try to to pay more or focus more on hiring, you know, uh, with a, a diversity mindset um, and all those sort of things. I'm a firm believer of that. You know, and although some people usually say, oh, but that's positive discrimination, that doesn't make sense, you know, everything should be, you know, fair and equal. Um, but actually, I really don't don't tend to share that opinion because I think that if we just allow nature to, you know, to take its own sort of course, you know, and sure, you know, investing in schools and this and that, I'm really going to say that maybe like in 50 years, we definitely can have, you know, some interesting numbers, but probably we, we won't get there still, right? Because we're talking about generations. That That's it, right? Like you're talking about the school. So it's it's a generational thing. And so I think that, you know, anything that we can use, you know, from a hacking standpoint, I think it's super valid um, because truth be told, like, I think that, you know, the, the EDNI that we're talking about should be, you know, way more advanced than it is today. And so, you know, Inej Margarita, I would love to take your take on how do you see you know, positive discrimination, other tools to really speed things up. Yeah, I think like, I, I don't like the, the word positive discrimination. I think like sometimes it's better to call it affirmative action. It's like, okay, so what want, mm -hmm. what do we want it to happen and how can we make it happen? Okay. I also don't think like, I, I don't think that the problem right now is like, ah, women are not being hired in the workplace because of discrimination. So we, we should like do positive discrimination. That's not happening. What's happening, like we don't have enough women to be hired because like not enough women are actually going to schools. So what, and the second thing that happens, like men and women are different in the way that they approach the workplace. A, good, a very good example, women only apply to a job if they, they fulfill 100% of the requirements. Men uh, 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 apply to a job if they fulfill, I think it's like 40 to 50% of the requirements. <laughs> Which means that something very clear is that um, so a lot of the times I see companies trying to hire unicorns. Of course, like they say they're like, this is the ideal candidate. But for a woman, what they see is like, this is what I have to have to apply to this job. For a man, they say like, okay, this is like some of the things that I need to have. Yeah. So let's apply. <laughs> and the, this happens because like the way that we are raised, the way that society works. But that has a huge impact. I remember talking with the CTO of a big tech um, company in the UK and she was telling me that they, they, there was this job that they like a, 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 post, a job posting that they had no one applying, not men or women. Um, and mm -hmm. and she said like to the, the person that was taking care of that, like, please take out everything that we don't need. So what like look at the job role and take out whatever like we don't need because like we are asking for things that probably won't be necessary. Yes, like out. nice to have. Yeah. So then they took out, they published the job posting and then they had like 
a lot of applications, actually more from women than men. And they end up hiring more people that they thought was possible because of just that, uh, that action. So this is not a discrimination. This is not positive discrimination. This is just like, let's how, see how, what kind of like techniques or what can we do to actually make sure that we attract men and women and we are able to understand like men and women work differently in, in some aspects and we can do that. So for me, as I was saying, like this is not, this is not definitely positive discrimination. We are also not talking about quotas. No company has a quota for women, uh, like uh, software, uh, 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 software engineers. Like they have, they might have quotas for uh, women on boards, but that's a yep. different thing. But yeah, not exactly. not for uh, uh, not for this. So I think like what we need and what we are trying to do at Portuguese Women in Tech is like how can we make sure that we do actions that later on can lead to um, really uh, more women in, in this field uh, and then more women being successful uh, in this field. But uh, but yeah, whenever I talk with companies. I never tell them, or, or we even discuss that, like, oh, we should focus on hiring more women. Is 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 the the goal is not necessarily that. Is like, or the goal is to hire more women, but 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 never li like leaving or having double standards in terms of the way oh, we of hire. Never, sure. never that. Oh, that of course I couldn't agree more. Marie, anything that you'd like to add? Yes. So actually, just to compliment previous <laughs> to the pandemic. The time the Economic Forum um, estimated to achieve the gender parity was 100 years. And after the pandemic, or at least in the middle, 2020, uh, we, it, it, it increased to 114 years. So we have a lot of work to do. And this type of, of things that Ineos are, is, is mentioning, um, are are very important to to and sometimes we just have to do a little bit of critical thinking, right? It's easier yeah. to companies to say we cannot hire any any women because they are not available, uh, instead of just thinking, okay, let's see our recruitment process and let's just check if we can uh, adjust something to to reach out to more people. And if we look at Portugal and we try to compare with uh, other countries, uh, I don't know, but regarding diversity, how do you think we are evolving? And if you, so PT Woman in Tech was created or founded into 2016, how is being the progression? And uh, do you believe, and Margarida now mentioned with the pandemic, do you believe that this remote work and everyone works from any place they want is also affecting this diversity topic. Uh, what's your opinion on this? Um, I'm actually working full, fully remote, or at least in a flexible, <laughs> in a flexible um, um, method. Um, and I had the chance to to have a lot of um, female workers that which background is from, it's not from tech or engineering and so on, but they are working now in technology. And it's, it's very peculiar because they always say to me, oh, we are so privileged to, to have this type of, of things and to have this type of salaries and so on. So for me, the, the, the pandemic brought us, at least in, in, the, in the Portuguese ecosystem, brought us this opportunity to 
have at least the chance to have a more balanced life between work and and personal things and family and so on. So I believe this is a, an extra <laughs> point for women to, to come and, and work in technology. But uh, going back to your question, Sarah, I think... I think the last time that I look at the numbers, I think Portugal have like 14.4% of the professionals working in IT were women. This is a number that is below the European average. So that gives us like already some comparison with uh, other European countries. But I, I do believe that where we actually see the biggest difference, for example, sometimes I'm invited to speak in events uh, in the UK or in Germany. Uh, what I see is like the level of discussion, our level of discussion is not there yet. Okay. Um, so I feel like uh, we, I think we are still playing catch up. So we are sp uh, still, um, our, we are still trying to understand like how to be more diverse um, without sometimes forgetting the inclusion part. That's actually, I think more important than diversity. Um, so we are still trying to understand what to do and we are very much copying and replicating some of the things that other countries are doing. Um, but I think that's normal. It's a normal process, but I think we are getting there. For sure, like I remember when we started Portuguese Women in Tech in 2016, like there were almost no discussion outside of a small number of people about this topic. Now that's not the case, right? So now people are talking, companies are much more aware and much more interested in understanding what's happening and how can they make a, dif a difference here. But, but still, I think like the level of discussion is still, we are still learning uh, and I think it's completely normal. Um, but I think with time, we'll, we'll get there. But I think it's going to take us a little bit longer uh, be, because of that. I think the fact that r right now, as Margarita was mentioned, like, right, women also, like, women in Portugal are also working abroad. And I think, like, there's, like, a lot of a, a more, like, uh, exchange between different countries and different cultures. And, and, and I think that's important for us to also learn from others. So I think, like, I think I, I, I hopefully, especially in the workplace, we'll see an acceleration in terms of these discussions uh, in the coming uh, years. Um, yeah, but that's that's what I'm seeing. It's interesting that we we're talking about um, about the the, the, inc the inclusion piece. I think that if we take a look to Portugal, I think that you know from a DNA search standpoint, I think that we are pretty welcoming, which I think that kind of helps, you know, especially if you think about you know digital nomads and other 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 you know other other people that definitely you know became more relevant with um, with COVID and the remote work that we just spoke about <laughs> to establish themselves in Portugal. And, and truth be told, I think that we even have this advantage that is you know regardless of you know of gender, uh, religion, race. I think that. At least I, I have, I'm biased, obviously, but I th really believe that Portugal is a very nice place to, to live and, and, and feel like we, they belong, right? Like, I think that we are very welcoming. And for instance, and truth be told, um, I actually met once an engineer that, that said that he, he wanted to leave the country, one of the countries that we just spoke about, because he's black. And he, and he told me, look, I don't feel welcome in this country. And he was not from that country, so he just moved to, to work there. And he said, and so I want to move to another country like, let's say, Canada. But I think that I will belong, and here I don't feel like I'm. I, I belong here, and I'm being welcome. And I, that's, for instance, one of the things that I really think that, sure, like you know, diverse, diversity is, is awesome. But if people don't really feel like they belong, if there is not enough inclusion, you know, the, the numbers will 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 go away. You know, as as quick as as we can build them. So I completely agree. That's that's a very good call. That's a very good call. Yeah, and I need to ask something because the other day. 
and since we're talking here about pity, women in tech, the other day I was scrolling through social media and I got an, 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 an advertisement about, took a, a look at this, a program course uh, just for women. And I just saw this and I'm like, why just for women? Do I have different capabilities from men? What's happening here? Do you think this is the right approach? And uh, Inez, you, you were just talking in the beginning that when you talk with child, you don't say, look, you should go to technology. This is good for, for women. And then I see these kinds of initiatives. This was not the Portuguese initiative. So, and I, I, I start thinking, is this the right approach? Um, start building content just for women? <laughs> because then I start having these, these feelings and I'm like, mm. <laughs> I don't know if, how, if I feel good about this. I think from my own um, experience, usually like the, it's not the content that is uh, different, it's like the communication that's different. Yeah. And from yeah. my own experience, usually that communication actually works. Um, for some reason when, um, and I've seen that, for example, if you have a hackathon, if you have a hackathon, uh, 85 or 90% of the participants will be male and only 10% of the participants will, feel, will be female. But when we, we a Portuguese women that did um, uh, female uh, hackathon, uh, we we got like hundreds of uh, applications and then uh, women actually participate. So there's something about that. Something happens there. I don't know exactly what, like I never, I'm not sure if Margarita has any studies about or knows about it. So I don't know exactly what, what happens, but like sometimes target communication like that actually ends up attracting women for those programs. Maybe because we might actually feel more comfortable or I don't know exactly what but they do work uh but uh, but that's not the goal right the goal is for us to have to in a program I, i'm not i'm not saying that it's going to be 50 50 i'm saying like sometimes it's 60 40 some other times is a is the opposite so the goal is like to, for everyone to feel welcome and uh and want to join the reskilling programs or hackathons or wh whatever but i do see that Target communication like that usually works to attract women for these programs, um, and yeah, and, and 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 so that's I think that's the reason why, um, yeah, they do that. But uh, sometimes, like maybe in the beginning, it's necessary to do that, and then later on things will change. Um, but but for example, if you if you if you look at the program, and then sometimes it's even like unconscious, like so you you look at the website of a. Uh, a reskilling program and all the pictures you see are men like by the end of it you feel like oh maybe it might, might not be for me and sometimes again is unconscious it's not something that you are making a conscious decision that this is not for me it's something that th those pictures are telling you so sometimes if you make a like a conscious decision to uh, in this case communicate only for women um, that might help but of course that's not the long-term goal right this is like the goal is for 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 these programs to be diverse and attract diverse crowds. Yeah, I I did not come to a conclusion regarding that, but it's exactly how Inels is 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 describing. So when you just communicate something to a female audience, they are there. <laughs> but if you do not do so, uh, you will end up with a male dominant environment so it's 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 very peculiar and we should maybe it's a challenge for this new year <laughs> to research a little bit more and to understand that effect 
No, absolutely. And, and it's interesting as well that I think that sometimes when we're talking about, you know, kind of diversity and and adding, you know, uh, different genders, different races to, to the work environment, uh, obviously to society as well, of course, but to the work environment, it's interesting that sometimes people confuse that and say, oh, we should all be weak, equal. And even, for instance, myself, I, I back in the day, I thought about that, say, look, we should all be the same. Uh, but that actually, I think that diversity is completely the opposite, right? Actually recognizing our differences and, and being okay with that and, and welcoming them, right? I remember that, I think it was, I don't know if it was Slack or so, that started with just the yellow emojis. And then all of a sudden people said, look, you, you shouldn't be colorblind, right? Like, like, let me express myself in the way that I think I should express myself. And they added, you know, the skin tones and, and the emojis with the, with the genders, exactly because of that, like, Diversity is not about saying, okay, so everyone is, you know, kind of genderless. No, not that. Like, let's recognize our differences and, and be more interesting and more awesome because of that. And not just because we are just going to pretend that, you know, that like, okay, like everyone is this and that's it. Do you, what's your opinion on that? I have a particular uh, case for this. Uh, in the beginning, I, I saw, I, I said like, okay, so during my academic studies, I, I did not felt, um, feel discriminated and that, is, that, that was right. However, later uh, in my life, I discovered that I suffered the effect in-group, out-group, and that is um, my male colleagues uh, sometimes told me like, oh, for us, you are like a man. And this was like, for me at least at the time, I was like, okay, they are trying to say to me, like, you can be comfortable, comfortable among us. And later in my life, I discovered that is like, um, I don't know how to translate it to English, but um, uh, sexualization maybe. Uh, and so that is like an effect. So they only um, saw me as an equal if I if they saw me like a man, you know, like in the in group, and that's exactly I, I, be, I believe this is a and it, it happened to me, so uh, an example of that. So we should embrace the differences, um, and at least now I see each one of us like an, an individual, you know, like it's not uh, a female or a male, it's like an individual. And we all exactly the full package, and it's uh, it's uh, yeah, I, I believe that's that's the way to, to go. Inez, anything that you would like to add to this? No, I think like that, I think like that's what we are seeing, right? I think like a lot of the times is, um, yeah, I think we need to really. Will we welcome the whole person uh, and not parts of the person? And and I think that's where the inclusion part, right? A lot of times diversity is saying like, oh, we have 30% of female engineers in our company or in our organization, whatever. But the inclusion is like, how do actually, do people feel welcome in that organization? Do people really feel like they 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 have all the uh, like the context to actually thrive in that organization. There is a, a, an example that I really like from NASA actually. So for a long time, so uh, women could not be astronauts. So the first classes of NASA, of that NASA astronauts were only male, and then they start accepting women. And so for a long time, it's like mostly male uh, until I think it was two thousand and seven where for the first time the class was 50-50, so 50% male and 50% female. 
So this was the class and it was like celebrated around the world. Everyone was very happy. And then a, a few years later, uh, there was a time that for the first time ever, that we would all uh, will have uh, all female spacewalk. So, you know, when astronauts are in the, sp uh, in the International Space Station, they go outside and, and do And it, this would be like the first whole female spacewalk. We are talking about two, two female astronauts that would be outside the International Space Station and walking in space. They were preparing for that. And then and suddenly they realized that they only had one suit for a female astronaut. They don't, didn't have two suits for female astronauts. And so they had to cancel the whole female astronaut uh, uh, spacewalk and have a male join the spacewalk with another uh, female astronaut. And this is the, the part of the inclusion. So, right. So it was the diversity was uh, was celebrated, but then they forgot that they actually didn't make create the context. In this case, a very simple like spacesuit to be able to actually have a, a whole female spacewalk. And of course, it's like this is a, such a like a, it's a, such a small example. But these things happen every day um, and happen in schools, happen in companies, happening in a lot of different spaces. And that's why I feel like the, the inclusion and the belonging part is super, super important. And we need to change and move the conversation there. Because like, if we want to keep attracting more women to technology, really need to show them the, that the industry welcomes them. It's not about the numbers, it's about really feeling inclusion or included feeling that they belong there. And that's the, the big difference. That's an amazing example. <laughs> and uh, just to uh, build on top of what Margarita said, I also felt that, so you are not alone. I already had people told me that as well. So yeah, and it's curious to, to see how people try to, they, 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 Probably they feel that they are doing the right thing. <laughs> they are welcoming us. But it's, it's, it's a compliment, yeah. right? It's a compliment. It's, yeah, yeah. It seems like a compliment. And I'm like, mm, yeah, maybe not. Point, so <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> well, this has been such a great, uh, such a great talk, and you actually gave me some different perspectives here in some in some topics. Because some time ago, I even wrote uh, an article saying I'm not a woman in tech. I'm a person in tech even just because of some of the things that we, we talk about here. But uh, yeah, it's really good to have this new perspective about how we should increase diversity and give inspiration for more women. Um, and uh, yeah, Pedro, what do you think of going into some final questions? Yes, yes, let's do that. Let's do <laughs> the that. special <laughs> ones. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to start with the, with the first one and Pedro can go, can go next. So the first one might sound a bit cliche, but feel free to choose any thing that you like. So a favorite quote from 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 yours. Uh, I don't know who wants to start sharing. I can go ahead. So like it's very hard for me to pick a favorite quote. There are so, like so many that I, I enjoy. But I remember like seeing this quote a long, long, long time ago, maybe like 12 years ago or 15 years ago. And and I really enjoyed like first because of the person that said so this is a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt so Eleanor Roosevelt was the first lady she was like um, a US ambassador to the UN she was responsible for creating the uh, human uh, rights bill for for the United Nations and um, and she said something like great minds discuss ideas average mind, minds discuss events and small minds discuss people and I felt like and she was very focused on big ideas and I think like it's um, I think it's a good reminder that like about the importance of discussing idea big ideas and challenge ourselves 
uh, with those big ideas. Uh, so that, yeah, that's my quote. Yeah, so I really I have a lot of quotes, but <laughs> uh, related to this topic, uh, I have one that I, I enjoy a lot, that is Stefanos Fried Beethoven as a composer, because he had longer, he no longer had society soundtrack in his years. So for me, I believe this transmits everything, right? When you maybe try to not hear what society say to you, you free yourself and you just do whatever you want. And I believe we should have a little bit of this spirit. <laughs> so. Very well. Uh, last but not least, last question you know, before we end the show is, you know, we, we would like you know, to invite you know, Margarida to ask a question to Inês and Inês to ask a question to, to Margarida. Uh, so now, you know, kind of, let's, let's change some roles. And so Margarida, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I would like to know what are Inês' plans for this year and <laughs> if she is investing in a specific topic or maybe what is your book list for this year? Because oh, I know you like to read a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think like um, uh, for this year, uh, in terms of like, uh, in terms of Portuguese main tech, we are going to um, keep on um, working on, on one hand, supporting women in technology. We know that we are going to do the mentorship program and the awards again. So this year, uh, we want to keep on working with schools and really try to, as I was mentioning, like really give uh, kids and teachers and parents more information so they can make more informed decisions about like their futures. Uh, so that that's something that we, we want to do. Um, I, like I, I realized that I really like this. There's like so many uh, areas of like the intersection of women and um not only tech, but also business and healthcare, for example. These are areas that I'm working on right now. Um, and so that will be my focus for this year. Um, yeah, we could basically spend the next few hours talking about all the things that we could change or need to address in the in these areas, sometimes with like life-changing um, impacts. So that's something that I'm, uh, I'm doing. In terms of books to read, um, like I have many books. So this year, I, like, I usually have a, a goal of like reading around like 30 books, um, which I have been able to do. This year, I actually have want to read less books, but more pages. So because like there are like a few books that I'm, uh, I'm, re I'm reading that are quite big. One of, one of them is actually very interesting called The Dream Machine. Uh, it's about building the computer, and uh, and it's about like the impact of DARPA, so the, the this um, defense agents in the in the US had on the creation of the internet and of the computer, and how um, and it's very interesting because like I've read part of the book already, and the book is about and it really shows how it's important diversity of backgrounds, diversity of like ways of thinking were super important for the creation of the computer. There were like a lot of psychologists actually working uh, uh, on, on the computer, on, on, the, on the first interfaces. And, and it's something that's actually very interesting to see the importance of like having people with different backgrounds, different experiences coming to the, yeah, uh, to the workplace and really providing different perspectives that can make the work better. So that's what I'm going to be reading. So The Dream Machine, very interesting book. So, so now it's my turn to make a, 
uh, my question. So yeah, I think like my question is is actually quite, quite similar. So Margarita, what is the the goal? Like, what's your big goal for this year? Uh, yeah, that's a, a book that you want to read. To read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I changed um, off roles recently. So my goal for this year is to really invest in product management and my knowledge on that and so on. Um, and as a personal topic, I want to invest in fin finance. So like how to invest and so on. Um, as a book, I did not decide yet, but I have a, a huge list. <laughs> yeah, but maybe something of Marty Kane because he is one of um, the big names in product management. So, so for sure, it, it will be in my um, read this year. <laughs> cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, th this is that time of the year where it's always good to, to put some <laughs> some goals on the table and and go after them. And thank you for, for sharing those. I hope these sure. also inspire others to, and thank you for the references, maybe inspire others to, to also explore that topics also a bit more. Um, again, this was quite a conversation. We could be talking here for a long time, yeah. but we really need to end. So thank you everyone for watching as well. And uh, let's wait for the next episode. Thank you. Thank you all.